0: Sixteen. I appreciate that good song. Appreciate the choir singing. You giving in the offering this morning. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. I want you to know this. That you're amongst friends, and uh, sometimes the devil may say, "Well, you can't go to the altar. You couldn't get saved. What's everybody here gonna think? Everybody here is gonna be excited." Amen. And uh, we'd be glad for you to come to know Jesus Christ. If you don't know him this morning, you're not ready to meet him in eternity, then I pray that today will be your day of salvation. Amen. So I didn't come to get saved. I don't think any of us went to church. With it on our minds, I'm going to get saved. I think probably somebody uh, that may have got up that morning, but I tell you, most of us, you know what? God just blindsided us, didn't he? Amen. Uh, just conviction fell on our heart, and we realized we needed Jesus Christ. And you don't got to wait for me to finish preaching. If you're under conviction, you can come right now and be saved. It wouldn't interrupt this service one bit if you come to Christ. Somebody come with you and pray with you, and uh, you could get born in the family of God. The hour's late, isn't it? Hebrews 9 and verse 27 says, The point of man wants to die, and after this the judgment. We're all going to face death if Jesus doesn't come, and I believe He's coming. Amen. But if He doesn't come in our lifetime, we're going to face death. But if you're saved, you don't have to fear death. Amen. You can face it without fear. You can face it by faith. Amen. I pray. I have a burden this morning that somebody uh, would come and be born in the family of God. Amen. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 1, the Bible says And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they, that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right hand, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him." But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he saith unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Heavenly Father, I do ask you this morning to give us liberty. I pray that you'd help us and touch us this morning. And may thy will be done. We'll thank you for it. Save that soul that's nearest hell today. We'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Amen, you can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on Christ, the resurrected Savior. Christ, the resurrected Savior. We come to this passage of Scripture this morning. The last chapter of the book of Mark is a, is a post-resurrection. It tells us about the events that occurred after Jesus rose from the dead. And I do want to say this morning, I'm glad uh, that Christ is alive. Amen. He's every bit as much alive as what you and I are. And notice with me in verse number 1, I want you to see the women in verse verse number one. The Bible said, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. These women here, now we know according to the Gospels, if we compare uh, the other Gospels to the book of Mark, we know that there was more than three. There was actually at least four of those women that was there that day. There was Mary Magdalene here who uh, Jesus had delivered from demon possession. Uh, there was Mary the mother of James. You know that she was the mother of the lesser of Mark uh, uh, that is mentioned in the word of God and then uh, there is Salome here the mother of the two disciples James and John the wife of Zebedee these women have come to the tomb now uh, to prepare the body of the Lord Jesus Christ they realized because of the hastiness of the hour whenever uh, whenever, uh, it was uh, Nicodemus and Joseph had to take Jesus off the cross that the body had not been fully prepared for its burial I want to say Jesus didn't need these spices amen because his body never knew corruption and we see these women here nevertheless they're willing to do their part and willing to do what they can to help in uh, this proper burial of our Savior. So we notice the women and then we notice the week in verse number 2. The Bible said that it was very early in the morning, the first day of the week. It's Sunday morning and they came into the sepulcher, notice this, at the rising of the sun. You say when did Jesus get up? Well he got up before the sun got up. Amen? He got there but he got up before the the women got there. Why it was still dark. Thank God before the S-U-N got up the S-O-N had already got up. And so we notice the weak and then we find the the worry in verse number three. The Bible said that they sit among themselves. Notice this. Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? So these women are on their way to the tomb and on their way to the tomb they have a concern. They have a worry. The worry is that they know that they're not physically capable of remembering that stone. Now there's two things I want to say about that. Number one I want to say thank God for the faith of these women uh, to press on in spite of their worry. Amen. In spite of their inability. They didn't know how the stone was going to roll, be rolled away but by faith uh, they was determined to do what they thought needed to be done uh, in spite of the obstacles. I want to tell you sometimes in life uh, we look at things and we see obstacles and we don't know how that's going to be removed. But we've got to keep pressing on. Isn't that right? Uh, but they pressed on in concern, in worry. And we see their worry here uh, that they were concerned about the stone being the barrier between them getting to Jesus. But notice the wonder in verse number four. As the Bible said it, when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away for it was very great. You've heard it said many times uh, that the stone was rolled away not so that he could get out, but so that they could get in. And certainly that is true. Uh, Jesus walked out of that grave that morning, he didn't need that stone to be removed. Uh, as we see in John chapter number 21 or 20, he was able to walk right through that wall. He walked right through that garden tomb and thank God he resurrected. But the stone was rolled away so that these women could get inside and the disciples could get inside and see that he is not here, but thank God he is alive. And I want to say this morning, uh, uh, Jesus took care of the obstacle that was in their way, and I want to tell you, if you and I will just go on and serve God by faith and do what we're supposed to do and be faithful. We may worry about a lot of things that's just ahead, but I got good news for you. Thank God in spite of my worry, Jesus will remove every obstacle that ever comes my way that would ever stand between me and Him. He will always remove it at the appointed time and the appointed hour. And so we see the wonder. But when we get to verse number five this morning, I want you to notice the witness. Amen. Amen. The Bible said "And in entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted." Now think about this young man here. I want you to think about his appearance. Uh, the Bible does say that he was a young man. Now we know this young man is more than just a young man. He's an angel, amen? And he's inside the tomb. Uh, and so these angels had the ability uh, to transform themselves into a human figure. Uh, the Bible talks about did, uh, Satan himself could transform himself into an angel of light. Uh, uh, listen, they, these angels had, uh, listen, supernatural power. And so we see the appearance of this angel. And then we notice the area in which he is sitting in. The Bible said that he is sitting on the right side. On the place where Jesus laid, this angel is sitting on the right side. Now, why would the Bible take such the time to give such detail? Why would it even matter Which side this angel was sitting on? The left side is always in the Bible a picture of weakness. Uh, It's always a picture of inability. The right side is always a picture of strength. Uh, It's always a picture of ability. This angel is sitting on the right side uh, to let these angels know or let these people know uh, that thank God he is not here. He is risen. Uh, Thank God there's no weakness uh, in the Godhead. Uh, He is just as strong on resurrection day as he was any other day I'm glad that he never lost his strength and he never lost his power and so we see his appearance and we see his area and then we notice his apparel the Bible said he is clothed in a long white garment I mean here is an angel that is clothed in this white garment I mean listen the extreme whiteness of this garment was what got their attention and it speaks of the purity of the resurrection and the power of the resurrection. Everything about the resurrection, thank God. Listen, it was not something that was done in the dark. It wasn't something that was tried to slip under radar. I want to say this morning that God proved His power. He proved the purity of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. On resurrection morning, He proved that, thank God, victory was won at Calvary. I want to say they put Him on the cross. They put Him in the tomb, but He came out victorious every single Time, I thank God for who he is this morning. Amen. Amen. And when we look at this angel, we notice these things, this young man. But I want you to notice something else I want to preach on this morning. I want you to see his announcement. Christ, the resurrected Savior, the announcement of this angel because what he says in verse number 6 and verse number 7 is something this morning that I think we ought to get a hold of. Not just what he says, but what this announcement gives. There's a fourfold thought this morning when we consider the announcement of this angel. Now I want you to see these four things this morning concerning Christ the resurrected Savior. First of all, I want you to see the comfort of this announcement. The Bible says in verse number 6, and he says sayeth unto them. Be not affrightened. Amen. You know when you think about the first phrase of this announcement here, it is a phrase that removes all fear from what they had when they entered that tomb. You've got to put yourself in these women's mind. They're going to the tomb. They're already crushed. They're already broken hearted. They've already watched their Savior die on the cross. Uh, they've got those visuals in their mind. Uh, emotionally they are as depressed and as down as what an individual could be. On top of that their concern. Can we even get inside the tomb? Can we even do what we need to do for our Savior? Once they get there, they find to their surprise that the stone has been rolled away. And entering inside that tomb, they find an even greater surprise. Uh, there's a young man that is sitting there in that place. Uh, and an even greater surprise. Uh, Jesus is not there. Those are three great surprises. Uh, the stone was already removed. Uh, somebody else was in that tomb but Jesus was not in that tomb I'm going to tell you that tomb was not filled with death and decay it was filled with life and power and promise and thank God listen the precepts of the word of God and so the angel gives them a comforting word as he says here be not afraid now this is the first message of the resurrection message amen be not afraid And this morning, do you realize because Jesus is alive, we don't have to be afraid? We don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of eternity. We don't have to be afraid of hell. Thank God we don't have to be afraid of the devil. We don't have to be afraid of our future. I'm talking about if you're saved this morning, you know what happens? God rolls that old condemnation of fear out and he puts faith on the inside and faith says in spite of the circumstances, hey, in spite of the problems, in spite of your emotions, that's where they was at. You don't have to be afraid. I can't see tomorrow, but thank God I I know who holds tomorrow. I've never been in tomorrow, but he's already seen my yesterdays. He's already walked through my tomorrows and he's right here today. And the comfort is, is that we don't live by fear. Thank God we live by faith this morning. I'm not worried about the economy this morning. I'm not worried about politics. I'm not worried about organized religion this morning. I'm telling you everything is good in my father's house. And the message still reads clear. Be not afraid. Amen. You say, Brother Gravely, but you don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that he said, I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob, be not consumed. I want to say this morning, I'm glad that we have the comforting word and it is a message that removes all fear. Amen. It's the first message. It is a faithful message this morning. Do You know how many times throughout the word of God the Bible says fear not. Over and over again. Old Testament and new God tells us we don't have to live in fear. The psalmist said in Psalms 55 in verse number 3 what time I am afraid I'll trust in thee. There's something about when you trust in God, it removes all fear. There's something about when your faith is in God, you don't have to worry about your physical uh, body. You don't have to worry about your eternal destiny this morning. Oh, there may be some sitting here and you say, preacher, I'm full of fear. I don't have any peace about eternity. I don't have any security about my tomorrow. I'm gonna tell you peace is not found in a plan and peace is not found, uh, my friend, in this world. This world will never offer you peace, uh, but peace is found in the prince of peace. Uh, Friend, what you need to know, this morning is to be able to lay your head down tonight and pillow your head and know that if you never wake up again this side of eternity that you've taken care of that eternal destination. You've come to Christ. You've been born again. Let God put peace in your heart and in your life that will make a difference this morning. It's a faithful message and then it's a final message because the resurrection that's really what the resurrection tells us. Be not afraid. You remember when Jesus came walking out on that, on the water that day when the disciples were in the boat and he said, be not afraid, it is I. Now, how many times Jesus said, be not afraid. There's been times in my life when the Lord has spoken that to me. I read it just yesterday in Isaiah chapter 26 in verse 3. The Bible said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee faith removes fear this morning. What a comfort. You say, why would I want to become a Christian? Because this morning you have no peace. But the resurrection offers you peace this morning. This morning when you think about hell and you think about eternity and you think about your soul and you think about your sinfulness and the life that you've lived. I don't care, listen, if you was raised in church or out of church, if you've never been saved, you're just as sinful, just as filthy, just as dirty. Religion will send you to hell just as quick as drunkenness and partying and gambling and everything Else. Uh, man has to realize first that he's a sinner. Romans ten, or for Romans three and verse ten said, "There is none righteous, no, not one." Verse twenty three said, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." In order to be saved, you have to realize uh, that you're a sinner this morning, and that you're condemned to die, that you cannot save yourself, uh, and that if you trust in yourself, uh, you will surely die without God and go to hell this morning. I hear people say things like this oftentimes. Well, I'm okay. My question is, what makes you think you're okay? If you're not saved, you're not okay. Acts 4 and verse 12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now, if you believe the Bible this morning, you believe you must be saved. Jesus told Nicodemus, one of the most religious people that that ever walked the face of this earth, he looked at him beyond all of his religion. He said, You must be born again. You got to be saved. And in order to be saved, you got to see your own sinfulness. You have to see yourself lost as a sinner. You got to get lost before you can get found you got to realize that you're a sinner before you can be a saint. You say, well, I, I, I've i never really murdered. I've never done a whole lot of bad things. No, but you don't go to hell because of what you do. You go to hell because of what you are. And David said, and Sia, did my mother conceive me? Every one of us were born sinners. Can I get an amen right there? It doesn't make no difference if you're a religious sinner or a non-religious sinner. It doesn't matter if you're a big sinner or a little sinner. Sinners die without God and go to hell. But God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us this morning I'm here to tell you thank God sinner you don't have to go to hell there's a Savior and that Savior's alive and that message is comforting this morning you don't have to die without God if you'll come to this old fashioned altar and repent of your sins and believe Christ as your Savior you can be born again this morning isn't that a great message to the lost and dying world the comfort then notice in this announcement the clarification look what he says here He said, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. I want to say the angel is going to bring clarity to this empty tomb these women I can see them they're inside this tomb they're fearful when they see him they wonder who he is and where he's from they can see from his own garment that he's not from this world their heart is crushed uh, their emotions are running wild they're standing there the body of Jesus is nowhere to be found but all of a sudden in one statement this angel brings clarity to the empty tomb uh, he announces his purpose. their purpose as he said you seek Jesus of Nazareth and I want to tell you this morning it's a good thing for every individual here that would take time to seek Jesus. Amen. We didn't come this morning uh, to see what each other was wearing. We didn't come this morning just because it is Easter Sunday, but we come this morning to seek the Lord. Amen. You didn't come to see me. I didn't come to see you, but we all want to leave being able to say we saw him this morning. And dear sinner, my burden and the burden of this congregation today is that you would not see us, uh, but you would see Christ high and holy and lifted up. Uh, See yourself in need of a Savior, but see an empty cross uh, and see an empty tomb uh, and see this morning that Jesus loved you enough uh, that he came to this old sin cursed world Uh, he died on the cross for your sins uh, and he wants to save you this morning you're not here by accident you're not not here by circumstance we're all here this morning by divine appointment how do you know that because God knew you'd be here before you got here And the purpose is to seek the Lord. I wonder this morning in the hearts of the congregation how many of us are here to seek Him. By announcing their purpose, by announcing His person, He said, you seek Jesus of Nazareth they announced his power as he said he is risen and they announced this angel announced his promise Uh, well the bible said uh, that he is not here he is risen but he is not here is that not the promise that Jesus made that three days he would rise from the dead and that he would be alive and he kept that promise I want to tell you if he kept the promise of resurrection you can rest assured he'll keep every other promise he ever makes you and I in this blessed old book this morning I can't keep anything I can't keep myself uh, but thank God he's keeping me and he's keeping you Paul said I know whom I have believed in and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day I'm not working for salvation I'm not working to salvation thank God it was purchased at Calvary it was sealed when he come out of the tomb my friend and you and I this morning that are trusting in Christ uh, we understand that we're not keeping our but thank God he is keeping us this morning you know what I love about the crucifixion and the resurrection it's a clear message the gospel, hear me sinner the gospel is clear this morning you say brother Gravely if I wanted to come down to that altar and get saved would God save me, sure he would would he take me just as I am, sure he would Would he take me after all the wicked things I've done? Sure he would. You say, how do you know that? Because he took me. And he took everybody else in this church. Is that right this morning? I'm telling you, you look at us this morning and beyond these clothes that we're wearing, beyond these suits and these ties, and it makes no difference to me. If you got a suit and tie on or if you got on a, a button-up shirt, it doesn't make any difference to me this morning. I'm just saying beyond this suit and tie and these Sunday dresses, uh, I'll tell you what lies beyond every one of us uh, was a heart that was blackened with sin and a depraved soul that uh, was lost without God and going to hell. But thank God, because he went to Calvary, we can all go to heaven, Amen because he died thank God we can live because he got up hallelujah we're all gonna get up one day thank God there's hope there's hope this morning in the resurrection you say but I'm wicked I'm ungodly we all were without God and without hope in this world but thank God Jesus he'll rescue any sinner and he'll come by way of the cross and the shed blood of Calvary if you'll humble yourself and run to him he'll run to you this morning and without stretched arms. He'll rescue you and save you from a devil's hell this morning. Don't you want to quit living the life you're living? Don't you want the peace and security of heaven this morning? Oh, it's a clear message. He loves you, sinner. You may have spent your whole life never thinking about Him, but I'm going to tell you something. There's not one day that you've lived on God's earth. There's not one day, there's not one breath that you've breathed of God's air. That he hadn't thought about you. And he wants to save you this morning. You know what the message is that flows from Calvary? It's the message of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then I want you to notice the contemplation in this verse. He says, behold, contemplate the place where they laid him. Contemplate the place. Contemplate the people. He said to those women, you know who put him here. They knew who the they was in that verse. Contemplate the past, where they laid him. He's not here anymore. Contemplate the person. It is Jesus that was laid in that tomb, but it is Jesus that is not there. This morning, sinner, I'm going to tell you what your soul determines, depends on this morning. Do you believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? And not only do you believe it with your head, but do you believe it enough with your heart? You say, well, Brother Gravely, how are you going to know that? I'll tell you how. If you're lost, if you believe it with more than your head, you believe it with your heart, I'll tell you what it'll do. When a man believes something with his heart, when a woman believes something with her heart, it moves them. The difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge is head knowledge will never move you. You can study a history book all day long and have a, have a head knowledge of a war or anything you want to talk about. You can know everything about it, but it don't move you. But you could have fought in that war and never knew everything about that war other than the place that you fought, but it'll move you. There's a difference and when people tell me, oh, I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, oh, I believe Jesus died, he rose again, You has got to have more than right here. it has got to get here. You see, I, when I heard the gospel, it was here. I believed it, but it had to get further. You say, how do you know when it got further? When I got out of my seat and came to the altar. It moved me. This morning, it will move you. Does the message make you want to do something about your soul? Does it bring you to to make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ? I I say this morning, salvation is a choice. You do have to make a decision to either accept Him or reject Him. And this morning, He's hoping, He's he's warning you, He's wooing you to come. He wants you to accept Him today. Then notice the commission and we'll be through. Look at verse number 7. He commissions them, and it involved a movement. He said, but go your way. I'm going to tell you something. When you hear about the resurrection, you believe it, it makes you want to go your way and tell somebody what the Lord has done. It involved other men, the disciples. It involved a mourner, Peter, who had failed God miserably. But Jesus takes time to detail Peter. He doesn't want Peter to be left out. And then it involved a a special meeting. He said, he that goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him as he said unto you. You're going to see him in the very place, he said. You know what this verse proves? That Christ keeps his word. He said he would arise and he did. He said he would meet them in Galilee, and he did. And sinner, just as he said, he will save you. He will, if you'll come this morning. Notice how they left in verse number 9. The Bible says now in verse number 8, they left speedily. They went out quickly. They, left, they fled from the sepulcher. They left scared. They were trembled. They were surprised. They were amazed. And they left in silence, neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. That word amazed is the same word where we get our word ecstasy from. And in our English language, it's often used as a word to express uh, rapturous delight. You imagine these women, they go to the tomb, they're all depressed. And they have experienced every emotion that you could experience on the negative side. Worry, fear, depression anxiety. But one trip inside that tomb and they see that Jesus is gone, they come out of that tomb different than they went in. I'm going to tell you something. You may see the resurrection one way, but if God ever gets a hold of you and you see it His way, it'll change your downward emotion. It'll make it an upward emotion. Oh, they left in amazement. They left surprised. Uh, Oh, they come out of that tomb. They were still fearful. They were still trembling. They had encountered, hey, uh, listen, the the spiritual world, the eternal world had invaded the earthly world. Uh, The spiritual had had invaded the physical. Inside that tomb they stood there. They witnessed uh, an angel. They witnessed the message uh, and they come out uh, and the Bible said they were amazed. Uh, They were filled with ecstasy. They were filled uh, with, listen, rapturous delight. Uh, They couldn't believe it. They couldn't Tell anybody until they got to the men, the disciples. Uh, but the Bible said, notice this, they went out quickly. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, I believe them women ran all the way back. Amen. They had a message, uh, and the message is thank God he's not dead. Uh, he's alive this morning. Uh, and the message is still the same sinner, he's not dead, he is alive. Hallelujah. Do you know what the Bible says about you this morning if you're lost? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you hath he quickened who? We're dead in your trespasses and it. You know something about a dead man this morning? He feels nothing. He sees nothing. And he hears nothing. Now listen to me. Don't miss this part of the message. It's the end, but it's the part I want you to remember. If we was to lay a corpse down here today, that corpse couldn't hear nothing, couldn't see nothing, and it couldn't feel nothing. Because there's no life in it. And you take a lost man, lost woman, you can settle them in church. And these songs don't mean nothing to them. The service doesn't mean nothing to them. The preaching doesn't mean nothing to them. Unless their conscience is quickened. The Holy Spirit can convict and draw and open your eyes to see that you need to be saved. You know what conviction is? It's not some mystical feeling. It's not some lightning bolt out of heaven. What is conviction? I'm going to tell you what conviction is. It's an awakening of the conscience. When God turns the light on and lets you see and lets you hear, that's what conviction is. And I'm going to tell you something. If we was to walk in this room and all these lights be out and it'd be filled with blackness and you couldn't see anything, you wouldn't know hardly where to walk if you'd never been in here you'd run into something. But I'm going to tell you something when you flip the light on, you know what it does? It reveals everything. It's clear, isn't it? I'm going to tell you something about conviction. It's never confusion. When God turns that light on and He awakens a man's conscience, He sees Himself. I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. I can't save myself. He sees the Savior. He's the only one that can save me. He's the only one that can rescue me. Oh, I'm filthy. I'm dirty. I, I've, been a, I've been a scoundrel. I've lived ungodly. And that conviction brings you to the choice, friend. What are you going to do about it? You say, brother, grab it. I don't Know what to do. I'll tell you what y'all do this morning. Do what the rest of us did. Get out of that seat and walk down this aisle and say, Lord, if you'll take me, if you'll save me, I'm tired of living a sinful life. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. Swallow that pride. You got to swallow that pride. Just come on down. And I'll tell you something. God will take you just the way you are. You see, a lot of people see themselves, but they're not willing to swallow that pride. How about it this morning? I really feel in my soul, God wants to save some folks. I know it's Easter Sunday. I don't know a better Sunday to get saved than Easter Sunday. And it wouldn't make no difference to me if I was sitting on the end of the pew or this end or if I was sitting in the middle. If I had to ask five people get out of the way, there's nobody worth going to hell over. And I beg you this morning, I beg you, sinner, would you come today? He loved you enough to die for you, go in a tomb for three days and come out resurrected. That's how much He loves you. Do you love Him this morning? Do you, are you willing to come to Him and be saved? As we stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying.